It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, Washington football team writer for SI.com's fan nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Metter show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern and on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms and we are on Twitter at Russellmania621 at DHarrison82 and at Locked. WFT pod this episode of the locked on watch football team podcast brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there I'm loving it and I'm loving that Washington football team fans make this very show their first listen every day and on this episode our final episode of the week we're going to get into our final predictions for the game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come into town to visit the Washington football team. We're also going to hear from some Washington football team fans in segment two. But Chris, let's kick this thing off the way that we always kick off our final episode of the week with injuries. Yes, indeed, David. Um, so the, look, the, <laughs> the bottom line is, is the Washington football team, as we know, uh, has been very banged up going into the bye, and they remain so. And yeah. here's um, here's why. Curtis Samuel is. Um, I mean, it just doesn't look like he's going to play. As we record this on Thursday night, he hasn't practiced Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we're going to get into his situation a little more in a second. Benjamin St. Juice did not practice on Thursday. He was added with an illness. Now, uh, he probably will be okay, but you just never know with these type of things. It's not COVID-related, uh, at least as of right now. Uh, Montez Sweat, we already know, is likely out for the game. And again, he hasn't practiced. Um, Washington has a bunch of guys limited. Again, you never know game time decisions, who might play, who might not play, including guys like Brandon Sheriff, Sam Cosme, uh, Deami Brown, guys that have been out for a while, specifically Sam Cosme and Brandon Sheriff going against uh, that very talented front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but the one thing we don't have right now is Logan Thomas, um, who is still on IR, who still hasn't been officially activated in terms of the practice window. So that tells me that because that hasn't happened, David, it's very unlikely Logan Thomas is going to be able to come back mm -hmm. uh, this Sunday. And when you combine that with Curtis Samuel and possibly again St. Juiced, but definitely Montez Sweat and then a bunch of the other limited guys, Sheriff Cosme, Deami Brown, so on and so forth. Yep. I, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's fair to say that Washington is still going to be very shorthanded. Now, I know Tampa Bay could be as well, is expected to be. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. But, I mean, it doesn't look like as many of the big guns that I was hoping for uh, coming out of the bye are going to be back. I really, really thought Logan Thomas was going to be back, and it does not appear that that's going to be the case. And, and, and again, same for Curtis Samuel. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas was obviously kind of, I think that was the target. You know, he was the target player. Curtis Samuel, it, it's like a week in, week out, maybe, hopefully, you know, by some miracle. But honestly, at, to, at this point in time, I'm basically just not expecting to see him uh, until 2022. And and call me a pessimist for that, maybe. Uh, it is what it is. But, uh, I mean, if, you know, hopefully Curtis gets healthy. Obviously, his health is is the most important thing. But if this groin injury becomes something that just uh, has has a way of sticking around, I mean, this could be one of the worst, one of the worst contracts uh, and, and free agent, you know, recent free agent memory here with Curtis Sam because he, for fans who maybe want the team to move on from next year, he's not, he carries an $18 million dead tag or dead cap space or a dead cap punished penalty if they release him or move him next season as well. So he ain't going nowhere uh, for at least a couple of years. And, and, you know, again, the, the health is the biggest part, but from a team and covering the team and being a fan of the team out there uh, aspect, obviously very frustrating. Um, Deami Brown, I mean, it looks like he's probably coming back offensive line, getting some help, you know, so there are some positives there, but yeah, Logan Thomas, I think was really the big target. And then of course, uh, Benjamin St. Juice, you know, following, falling ill, hopefully it's, it's like a 24 hour bug or something. Um, but you know, that that's, that's obviously problematic against a team that, yeah, they're, they're going to be missing some players potentially, you know, Antonio Brown, uh, and Rob Gronkowski. I don't expect them to come back. Chris Godwin uh, is going to be a big question mark, you know, come, come, uh, the, the injury report on Friday, but potentially him not coming back either. But even without those guys, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense still has plenty of weapons to threaten this defense. So missing a guy like Benjamin St. Juice on top of losing uh, Montez Sweat is not ideal. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, uh, again, both teams are banged up, obviously, as you just chronicled. Uh, so maybe this is, you know, just the way it is going to be every single game. But here's the, the, the reality is they needed – pretty much everybody back probably to have any sort of chance of upending the Buccaneers who, again, you know, while banged up, you know, Tom Brady's been stewing for a week and a half, two weeks, uh, getting ready for this game. And after a subpar for him performance and loss uh, in new Orleans, the the two injury situations that we have to address a little bit more. uh, You just mentioned Curtis Samuel. You don't think he's going to be back until uh, 2022. Uh, my colleague at 106.7, the fan, Grant Paulson, reported that he was seeing extra specialists uh, or doctors to get a further evaluation. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to, uh, I guess, get good news or bad news. We just don't know at this point. But my guess is there's been at least enough of a setback or at least enough of a delay in progress that there's enough of a concern of, hey, something is still wrong here. So we might not see Curtis Samuel. And remember what Ron Rivera, remember four weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, it was after the Atlanta game. And and, and when we knew he was going to be, you know, like he was asked about, hey, is there a possibility of surgery here? And he shot that down and aggressively shot it down uh, to a question from J.P. Finley. Um, So Ron's going to kind of look bad, quite honestly, if it turns out that Curtis Samuel needs surgery. Um, As far as Ryan Fitzpatrick goes, uh, just real quickly on him, David, uh, I, I, you know, it, it, I was hopeful that he would be back originally after the bye. Mm-hmm. And I really think they need him if they really want to win. And I think right. they want to win uh, for more than one reason. Um, but it does not sound like he's coming back any soon. He hadn't started practicing. He had an MRI. It did not sound optimistic. We don't have any exact word on that. Ron is very very tight-lipped about that. Um, but I, I guess I ask this to you. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, say, can't come back until, let's just call it the Vegas Raiders game, uh, which I think is December uh, 
fifth or whatever it is mm-hmm. out in Vegas. So I think that's like uh, there's there's that's the sixth to last game, if you will. Right. Um, if he can't come back until then, and say Taylor Heineke hasn't been pulled, but but hasn't really improved, do you go with him at that point, or do you say? Again, there's no benefit in playing Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point. It is what it is. It's just a lost cause. I, and I know that's a tough question because there's so many variables. But, like, if he can't come back until December, do you even run him back out there in any way? Personally, uh, once you hit hit eight losses, right, so the team has six losses, once you hit eight losses – it really kind of depends on what the Dallas Cowboys are doing. If you hit eight right. losses and the Dallas Cowboys still only have two losses, you're toast. You're not making the wild card with a nine and eight record in the NFC this year. Like it's just, that's not going to be a thing. So you basically, if you're Washington, you have to win the division, which means Dallas has to lose uh, some pretty significant games, which look, they've got the chiefs Raiders uh, saints. And then they've got five more division games on their own that they've got to go through the Cardinals. So the Dallas Cowboys are far from having clinched the NFC East uh, division. But again, with eight losses, you're not going wild card. You, you know, and if the Dallas Cowboys are still winning, you're probably out of this thing. Then the only reason I would bring Ryan Fitzpatrick out there is if behind the scenes, and this isn't going to be anything that's ever confirmed publicly, I've already had a question or a conversation with him, and he is interested in trying to be healthy and play in 2022. And there is a realm where I am willing to sign him to another one-year contract if our offense starts humming, because again, Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, none of them got to see if this offense would be successful with him steering it. And even without Curtis Samuel, if you can get him out there for two, three games even and see if this offense looks improved, the fan base is going to go crazy because they're going to say, great, you just wasted draft space and draft capital for a quarterback that's, you know, not your future of your franchise. But at the same time, you don't need the future of your franchise necessarily. You need the quarterback that can steer your offense. So if you're getting Curtis Samuel back healthy for 2022, and if you see enough out of Ryan Fitzpatrick to possibly bring him back for another year, because we just talked about the free agency landscape, the quarterback free agency landscape is not much different than it was last year. And there were no Tom Brady's out there out, you know, for Washington to potentially pursue uh, out there. There are no Patrick Mahomes. So as if as a franchise, we're not going to go all out for Aaron Rodgers, or we already know he's not interested in Washington. The rumor is still that he wants to go to Denver. If we know that we're not getting Russell Wilson, if we know we're not going after Deshaun Watson with all of our uh, image issues already, then what are you going to do? You're probably going to go veteran. So it's Teddy Bridgewater. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, as far as I see the landscape. So if you're possibly under entertaining that idea, then yeah, you roll them out there because at least if your offense still sucks, then you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the answer and you can maybe go to a Teddy or maybe you push your chips into the middle of the table and you go trade up for, for a quarterback. But guess what? If Ryan Fitzpatrick can't make the offense work, you're probably losing. So your, your draft status is actually going to be intact. No doubt about it. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Lots of questions, obviously, still to be answered. Um, one other quick thing uh, that I, I think we just have a moment for. Um, Chase Young spoke on Thursday, uh, David, and he was asked about, you know, why things have gone wrong since the Tampa playoff game. And uh, as for any kind of like potential criticism of his slow start, uh, which was, you know, like people were wondering if it had anything to do with the fact that he wasn't there for OTAs and in Hollywood much, much of, of the winter slash spring. Uh, and, and he said, I was making money, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I didn't hear this. I didn't see the video of it uh, as we speak. But, you know, the quote is the quote. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I just got to be honest with you. That quote annoyed me. It annoyed the bleep out of me. Um, yeah. Just going to be honest. Uh, I don't care that he wasn't necessarily there for the OTAs. I want him to be, if he's a captain, if he's one of the best players on the team, I want him to be an example. I want him to be a leader. I don't think you can learn anything so dramatic in OTAs. It's not about that. But I really, at two and six, did not like the I was making money, baby, quote. Did that bother you? Uh, it, it it doesn't bother me in a sense. I don't like the aesthetics of it, and I think – uh, that as a young player, you know, he he has to care a little bit about his interaction with the public and with the media because you're in the entertainment business. Like, you're in a performance business of playing and winning and, and, and losing football games, yes, but the NFL exists for entertainment. That's the only reason the NFL is there. The fans need to be entertained, and the media is one that delivers the story of that entertainment. So we're all uh, kind of, you know, symbiotic and, and, and coexisting in that circle of, of this whole thing. But Chase Young has to understand that, you know, if, if you want to wear the captain patch, and you want to be a leader on a team, then everything you say is a representation of the team. So, uh, you know, I don't have a, a personal problem with with him doing that during the offseason. I would I've and I've kind of always thought this. I kind of b believe if you're going to be a captain on the football team, you should probably be the guy that shows up to all the things voluntary or not, even if you don't work out, even if it's a voluntary OTA you're chase young we don't want to risk getting you injured at least you're there to be with your teammates help the young guys learn and develop continue getting in the meetings continue getting in the studying and all that stuff i have nothing wrong with you making money but chase young knows as well as, as i do and you do he can make plenty of money and still be there for otas it's not like being Absolutely. at otas is going to cost him all those opportunities so he can do both he just chose not to which is his right but personally if you're going to put a c on your chest i'm going to expect you to be there to lead your team well, if you're going to put a C on your chest, if you're uh, going to take on that role, embrace that role, which he clearly did, and it meant a lot to him. Uh, but, you know, let's not forget, they don't have OTAs from January 15th through uh, July 25th. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the OTAs were in late May and mm -hmm. June. And now he did report for the mandatory minicamp because he had to, but it, Let's not forget that it's not like he didn't have three months at least to co concentrate on making money, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the aesthetics of the way you say it is that's that's going to be a big part of it, too. Yeah. Um, look, and exactly. that's just bottom line. Leaders don't do and I'm going to say the minimum standard. And I mean that as far as showing up at everything you have to show up to leaders go above and beyond for their organization. That's what a leader is supposed to do. That's, it doesn't matter what field of business you're in, a leader is supposed to go above and beyond for the betterment of their of their organization. Doesn't mean you can't look out for yourself at certain times, but that is what you need to do. And, and something, Chris, that our listeners need to do, whether they're leaders in their life or they're not, is head over to McDonald's because this episode of Locked on Watch Football Team podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. Again, proudly serving communities since 1965, Always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. Chris and I took some time off during the bye week. We had we had some traveling. I drove pretty much the equivalency of across the country twice. And during that time period, my family and I stopped at McDonald's multiple times, including breakfast a couple times because I love me some egg McMuffins. If you are like me or if you're up early like me on a lot of these days, head over to your local McDonald's, recharge, refuel, get your day started right a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. All right, David. Uh, along with David Harrison, I should say, uh, we are the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. You can follow uh, David at D Harrison 82, me at WrestleMania 621, or the podcast at um, Locked WFT Pod. All right, David, let's uh, let's do this. Why don't we rack up the voicemail line? Because I know we got a bunch of listeners and uh, good voicemailers that want to participate uh, and give their thoughts. And why don't we start with Todd? In Utah, and then we're going to back that up with Camion. So we're going to go back to back, and then we'll react before we get to a final voicemail. Hey, this is Todd from Utah. Just wanted to give a shout out. Uh, I, my, I'm going to make a prediction as far as what I think is going to happen with Tampa Bay. Uh, I've been watching this or following this team for a lot of years, and we tend to have a lot of eggs that we lay. And then every once in a strange while, we have a game that totally surprises us that we should not be involved in. Somehow, it, it, we just play way beyond what we are. I'm going to predict that for at least one quarter or maybe even a half, the Washington Redskins are going to look spectacular against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then the wheels are going to fall off the bus, and it'll be like this. But I'm going to guess that we're going to have one or two quarters where we do really well. And it gives fans just that little peak of hope. Uh, and then the wheels are going to fall off the bus and uh, back to uh, what we call the dumpster fire of the season. Anyways, have a good day. Thanks. Fellas, what it do? Heavy on here. First off, I haven't said so before. David, thank you for your service. My guy, LP, thank you for your service and all the veterans listening. Hey. Words can't describe how much I appreciate y'all. I know there's a lot of fans that, you know, want the high draft kid, take the games or whatever. I'm actually on the other side of that. Continue building something and kick that into the next year. And I think if we start taking games for draft kids, that, that's going to leave a sour taste in a lot of our key uh, players' mouth. So we definitely don't want to do that. I'm hopeful for this second half. You know, uh, the defense has been stepping up. I'm, I'm hoping that they continue on with that. Any coaching changes? I don't see none of that happening. Maybe in the offseason and with Ron calling out Chase, you know, I know the whole team probably talked about that. Hey, I'm not saying he was wrong for that. I, I completely agree with what he was saying. He did it in the right way. You know, as a leader of the team, yes, you got to hold responsible. I think he's called out a few more players. I think that they're going to come out really getting hard this game. I'm going to be as so bold to say that the end score, we're going to put up 30 to, and our defense will hold them to 24. I'm going 30 to 24 in favor of Washington. 
Thank you very much, Camion, and also Todd. We appreciate you guys as always. Boy, uh, I mean, there's something to unpack there. Uh, I, again, I'm with Camion in terms of Ron calling out Chase. I have no problem with it. Uh, I think a lot of people had a problem with it. Uh, this is the NFL. This is not high school football. This is not junior high school football. Uh, Ron Rivera has every right to say uh, what he wants to say. Um, David, this is going to be, uh, first of all, I, I you know, look, uh, I love Camion's enthusiasm. Uh, maybe they pull off the upset if they turn the ball over, if Tampa turns the ball over four or five times on Sunday, if freaky weird things happen. I mean, look, Jacksonville just beat Buffalo. Denver just had Dallas. So anything can happen, obviously. And maybe we're singing a different tune, but it's just hard to really see a way that Washington beats Tampa, even though Tampa's beat up because Washington's beat up. If Washington was healthy, and they're not. If Washington was healthy, I'd give them a chance, quite honestly. But they're not. And neither is Tampa, but Tampa's still better than Washington and still clearly better. And oh, by the way, they have the GOAT uh, at quarterback, as we all know. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I would just say they're going to be 2-7 and seven in all likelihood after this week. Uh, and they are not going to tank. This is going to infuriate a lot of Washington football fans. They are not. They are not, let me repeat, they are not going to tank. They are going to fight their butts off to try and win as many games as they possibly can, and it's going to infuriate some people. Yeah, well, I mean, football players in general, like when you talk tanking, you know, there's organizational tanking and there's players on the field tanking, and, and Camion kind of mentioned the Eagles situation last season, and I've seen the Buccaneers do the same thing where you basically play your second stringers or your third stringers under the guise of, well, let's get some guys some experience and see what we have in our younger players and all that stuff. And basically the organization is saying, okay, let's go lose some games. But the players on the field are still going to go play their hearts out. Again, these guys go through the equivalent of one or two car wrecks per game. They're not going to go out there and just get beat up by the opposing team for no reason uh, and then lose on purpose. Like That's just not going to be a thing that a football player is ever going to do. So if you field a team, they're going to try to win. Now, again, you know there, there is some credence to, okay, well, let's – Let's see what our young guys have as the season is lost and all that. And maybe if we lose some games, so be it. But um, yeah, I, I'm all about that. And I, and I have no problem again with Ron calling out Chase again. Chase Young wants to be a leader on the team. He is a leader on the team, uh, whether he likes it or not. He's, he's the face of the team as of right now. And look, leaders aren't aren't uh, above question, being questioned, especially when the, when the organization is not doing well. And you have to be willing to answer those questions in the face of tough times because Everybody can lead when you're when you're winning. Like it's easy to be the leader of a Super Bowl winning team that goes undefeated. Anybody, anybody can do that. Can you lead a team that's struggling and not living up to its potential? That's where you prove yourself as an organizational leader. And if that's what Chase wants to be, then he's got to be willing to to take the take the punch in the mouth and answer the hard questions uh, and do it as a professional. And and you know I'm confident, just like Ron is, that he is continuously learning and will. Uh, eventually get there but everybody's got to remember too he's still you know very early in his 20s and uh it's you know not a lot of people can handle that kind of a spotlight a lot of growth there. uh mentally emotionally maturity uh repertoire wise um you know a lot of growth still has to happen and ron was very concerned about how his team would handle all the expectations and the somewhat success of last year and the feel-good nature and everybody you know kissing up to them and, and, and all that. And as it turns out, Ron was right. 
Uh, and maybe he was pointing a finger at Chase Young. We, we, we don't know. We'll never know. But maybe some of the maturity issues that he was worried about was pointing a finger again uh, at Chase Young and maybe even Montez Sweat. Uh, as well. All right, let's go to another voicemail, David. Amir uh, is joining us, uh, and he wants to offer his thoughts on Scott Turner's offense. This is Amir from Phoenix. I, I believe one of the other callers talked about, you know, Scott Turner's vanilla offense and, you know, Ron Rivera's uh, shortcomings as a head coach. Yeah, I do, while I do agree with a, a few of those sentiments, if you ha- if you look on, you know, the more analytical side of things, what else is he supposed to do with Taylor Heineke? Usually an offensive coordinator unlocks and unleashes his playbook for a guy that either he, they drafted, they brought in that knows the system that they feel can play to the ability of their playbook, can execute plays. You, you're telling me that if Scott Turner had, let's just say, Justin Herbert or even a Jalen Hurts, a more mobile guy that he wasn't going to open up more of the playbook for him to do certain things and to be successful at certain things. Right now, I believe the offense is so constricted and or restricted. People say a vanilla version because you can't give the spiciest of plays, the best of plays to a guy who can't, um, you know, go out and execute those plays. And I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm a, I'm not a big fan at all of, you know, Ron bringing in the second coming of Carolina you're not bringing you're not bringing in the second coming of Kansas City or the second coming of New England. Carolina was a mediocre team that yes, Grant, albeit they did go to the Super Bowl that year, but that was Cam Newton's best year and one of the best years of of a quarterback in recent history to be his only outlier um, of success. I think basically saying that we shouldn't you know hold him to that standard anymore because you know he, he's they've the league has outgrown that mentality and um, I think he has as well. But anyways. Wanted to hear your guys' takes on that, um, whether you're in agreement or, dis- or disagree. Uh, thanks, and uh, we'll look forward to listening from you. All right, Amir, thank you very much, uh, as always. Appreciate you. Um, you know, look, uh, and it's funny that this question comes up and this voicemail comes up on the day uh, we record this, that we find out Cam Newton officially going back to Carolina and by the way, he's going to be active for next Sunday in the Ron Rivera reunion in Charlotte. Remember, they played last year, but up at FedEx Field. A little bit different next Sunday when Ron goes back to Charlotte, where I'm sure he'll get a very, very, very nice welcome back. But, oh, by the way, Superman waiting for him, whether he starts or whether he plays a sub-package Cam Newton will be a factor in next Sunday's game. And quite honestly, it'll be uh, some storylines, some good storylines. Uh, for all of us. But I I don't, you know, listen, every coach, David, brings people that they are familiar with. What did you expect Ron to do in terms of, uh, you know, when he's trying to build a culture? Well, you don't build a culture by yourself. You build the culture by people that know the culture and know the culture you're trying to build and the work ethic and the and the the professionalism uh, and the sacrifice and the practice habits that you're trying to build. And that means coaches, players, executives, period. Now, one thing I will point out that I think gets really lost is Ron did not hire the special, Ron did not bring his special teams coordinator from Carolina. He inherited Nate Katzer, decided to keep him. Ron also went out off the board. Nobody he had from, he didn't have any familiarity other than coaching against Jack Del Rio. And he hired Jack Del Rio. So like he could have easily hired Steve Wilkes back or Eric Washington. He did not. So give Ron a break is is what I would say in terms of this whole Carolina Redskins uh, Washington thing. 
Uh, I mean, he brought in a bunch of familiar faces, but he didn't bring in everybody. Yeah, every every coach brings in people that they know for for a reason. And in in some aspects, if you got fired together, like the the thought process is that uh, we've learned, and you know, you're not going to get fired together and then immediately pick up another job. So there's been years, uh, and probably the head coach has either been an analyst or been a coordinator somewhere. Uh, we've learned our lessons, we've developed a little bit better, so we can come back together with all these new ideas on top of our familiarity with with each other and do even better this time around. And it doesn't always work, but sometimes it works great. I mean, again, uh, looking at this exact matchup, Bruce Arians brought back Todd Bowles, who uh, he's, he's, he's known for years and worked with for years, Byron Leftwich, uh, who worked for him in the, with the Arizona Cardinals, every single position coach he has, has worked for him in the past. And again, uh, and now, and now they've, they've won a Super Bowl and grand, they got, they got Tom Brady. So that certainly helps uh, matters of course, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it works beautifully. Sometimes it doesn't. When Bruce Arians got hired, there were a lot of Buccaneers fans saying, "Oh, great, we're the Tampa Bay Cardinals. That's that's fantastic." Uh, well, you know, it's again, it's it's gone pretty well. So, yeah, there, there's a little bit. But, I, but what what I would say though, Chris, too, is especially if you're bringing on a staff member or staff members that you got fired with, right? And that's Ron Rivera's situation, obviously, uh, getting fired out there in Carolina, and then some of the personnel that were with him being fired as well. I would kind of think you have a little bit of a shorter leash though this time around. Like, listen, like we learned some lessons and we've gone through some things, and let's do this better this time around. But we got to get better a little bit faster because we don't have as much time uh, to spin our wheels in this thing. So that's, that's kind of probably the only caveat I would throw into there uh, that I agree, but I agree with Amir's take on Scott Turner's offense. 100%. You can't make, you can't open up the offense more make it more complicated or add new wrinkles when your quarterback can't execute the basic parts of your packages. And until Taylor Heineke consistently performs in the basic parts of this offense, that's all you're going to get. All right, thank you very much to all the voicemailers. We appreciate you so much. Hey, Washington football team fans, this is Chris Russell along with David Harrison, and we have an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. That's a pretty cool deal, right? Want a better deal? Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store, Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you are going to get the deal that you've been waiting for. A bonus, 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank, 25 cents per gallon thereafter some people who drive a lot are making as much two to three hundred dollars a month back in cash and there's no catch you get the money right added right back to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal e-gift card for amazon other brands just download the free get upside app and use the promo code touchdown baby you won't regret it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Wrapping up today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at russellmania 621 the show at LockWFTPod. Again, thanks to all the callers who called in with their questions and their takes. Chris, we've got some final takes to give before we get out of here for the week, and let's kick things off with our keys to the game. 
for Washington having any chance of de- defeating the defending Super Bowl champion. Yeah, for me, David, um, you know, we could talk about a lot of different things, no turnovers, run the ball. All of that is true. Taylor Heineke, Terry McLaurin, taking advantage of a beat-up secondary, so on and so forth. To me, there's two big keys in this one to give Washington any chance. They must be really, really good, and I mean perfect, or if not perfect, a high-volume amount with maybe a four to four out of five, five out of six type ratio and conversion percentage in the red zone and goal to go efficiency. If you look at all their numbers, they're not bad on first and second down. They stink on third down, fourth down, red zone, goal to go efficiency, and therefore points. Those five areas, but specifically red zone and goal to go efficiency have really been poor and they've really suffered over the last four or five games with all the injuries piling up. It just simply has to get better in order to have any chance. They're going to have to be near perfect or perfect in the red zone or goal to go. Yeah, this is a team that's kind of middle of the road, really, in most offensive statistics until you get to scoring where they're near the bottom of the league. So absolutely. And then for me, the key to the game for key for Washington is going to be exploiting Buccaneers coverage deficiencies versus tight ends and running backs. They have some injuries in the secondary. We already know about that. So maybe there's some opportunities there for guys like Terry McLaurin, but the tight end and running back groups, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not been stellar defending passing game attacks using those two positions, especially if a guy like Logan Thomas can come back, which I'm honestly not all that confident in running backs, JD McKissick credit shout out to the Washington football team's own weekly press release uh, package ahead of this game, Chris, where they specified in there, J.D. McKissick, third overall among running backs since 2020 in passing plays, 25 yards or more. That's that's a stat that I didn't realize, but I did obviously know the value of J.D. McKissick. Um, that's a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing if Scott Turner tries to get involved, especially against a guy like Devin White, who plays with a lot of intensity, a lot of passion, but he also gets caught a little bit in that intensity and passion and gets beat by running backs because of it as well. Uh, my player of the game because of that, Chris, is going to be J.D. McKissick. We know that Antonio Gibson is good. He's a known commodity. You know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come out trying to target him, trying to reduce him, and try to make him a non-factor in this game. But J.D. McKissick has had some really good moments this season for this team. I think he plays a very valuable role. And this is one of those games where if you're going to upset a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, typically there's a player there that not a lot of people, not a lot of opposing fan bases or the fans from the opposing fan base know about J.D. McKissick could be that guy in this game, especially if, like I said, they target uh, the middle of the field with those running backs and the tight ends. All right, for me, David, uh, listen, overall, I think Tom Brady is going to be the player of the game. I mean, I I don't know how you pick against uh, Tom Brady, especially off of, again, a a, a frustrating loss, uh, kind of a subpar performance against a good defense in New Orleans. We saw the New Orleans defense at FedEx Field a couple of weeks ago. So I think Tom Brady has a big bounce back. He's my official player of the game, but if I have to pick one for Washington, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here and go DeAndre Carter. Uh, it's easy, It would be easier to kind of pick Terry McLaurin or somebody like that. But again, with all the wide receivers in question, banged up, whether who's coming back, who's not, not knowing, I'm going to go with a guy that I know is going to play and I know could make a impact wide receiver as we've seen already this year, but also can also contribute as a kick returner, punt returner, uh, and as an end around reverse type guy, somebody that you might be able to get uh, on those jet sweeps, a little uh, shovel pass to something like that. DeAndre Carter is going to be my 
co or my Washington representative or player of the game. And my bold prediction, uh, kind of in spirit of picking Tom Brady as my overall player of the game, David, I think he's going to throw for over 400 yards. William Jackson III is practicing in full, so he should be back and ready to go. That being said, he stunk before the injury. I don't expect him to be that much better. I know Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski are likely not going to play, maybe even Chris Godwin. I still think Tom Brady has a field day passing against this Washington secondary, even though they've been a little bit better the last two weeks. Yeah, my bold prediction, I'm just, I'm going running backs here. We had Jennifer King on the show, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, so I got to go Jarrett Patterson. So the bold prediction that I can throw out there for Jarrett Patterson is that this is the weekend he gets his first career touchdown. It happens in FedEx for the for his hometown team playing up against Super Bowl champions. I mean, what a better what a better atmosphere for Jared Patterson to get his first career touchdown. Of course, if it was like the game-winning touchdown, that'd be even better. But I'm not going to go that far as to, to predict that for the bull, but I do predict that Patterson gets his first touchdown. And then uh, score prediction time, Chris. I got the Buccaneers winning 31-21. They are 10-point favorites over betonline.ag, and I've got them hitting the spread, which means they don't cover, which means you don't lose or win any money if you take the 10 points. But 10-point victory, 31-21 Tampa Yeah, Bay. that would be the, what, push, right? Um, so they have that. I have them winning 34-17, to 17, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, this is, uh, you know, look, I don't want to keep hopping on why Tampa should win this. I think we all understand why they should win it and maybe how they should win it. Uh, but I, I just don't know if Washington has enough, again, especially with not getting their full arsenal back in some way, shape, or form. I just don't know how they have enough firepower to match. So even if the defense hangs in there and, and keeps the Buccaneers to 27 points or 30 points, which isn't bad, I, I just don't see them being able to score enough points against a healthy, for the most part, front seven of Tampa Bay, which Taylor Heineke did not face in the wild card playoff loss. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Todd, Camion, and Amir for their contributions on the voicemail line. Thanks for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. We will have immediate analysis reaction after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team play on Sunday at FedEx Field. Now make your second listen of the day, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. If you want to hop in on the voicemail line, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 or lockwftpod at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington football team for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Matt Harris Show on the Team 980, the Washington football team flagship station. We'll be back again right after the game right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day.